Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We're here with Kevin Rennie. I, I don't know, Daily Ructions, Hartford Current, and of course he has these profiles that he's doing. Is it on? Su- it's on Substack. Substack, right? Yes. And KevinRennie.substack.com. And it comes oh, out. Now you know. This week's hasn't come out yet. This week's has not come out. I've had a. I, my uh, my other life as a lawyer. Some. Every yeah. When do you actually we'll, do that? We'll. we'll uh, well, once in a while, disrupt my uh, writing routine. We have a lot. We have a lot to talk about, Kevin. And and you should look at the profiles. They're great. And there's a lot of Connecticut folks that you'd want to know. Gary Winfield, who's a state senator from New Haven, was last week, and he's on everybody from Jim Himes to, you know, some people I don't even know. You know, I mean, I don't even I don't even know some of the people. Well, now you do. Yeah, now no, it's you, great. Now you know, I re- I think it's a great great niche. You know, I'm curious. Just people who who don't know you that well, they see the byline. I mean, you're an attorney. That's how you pay most of the bills. But you write for the current. Uh, you do these profiles, and you also have daily ructions, which probably has has gotten the least amount of your attention, maybe in the last year, right? I mean, you have to prioritize. I don't well, know. So, daily ructions, a news, a news. That's site when you get the gr- real juicy that's stuff. That's where people who really want to know what's going on in politics. It's uh, that's that's where you go. It's so, where Connecticut's news begins, Brian. Process-wise, how do you like? Are you like Ben Franklin? Like, are you like? <laughs> I always remember the uh, SNL skit about Stephen King. Like in the interview, he's like typing as he's interviewing because he writes so many books. <laughs> like, how do you like? How do you do it? Well, people are the internet makes it so much easier. True. People, people are kind of generous. They give me tips, and uh, I can I can go from there. Particularly on daily ructions. That 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 is a. A, a center of tips that people people give me. And, um, you know, I, I, be, I think that people understand that I will write these stories. So, okay, let's get into the meat of some stuff. We there There's a couple things on the table that you've written about, if not directly or tangentially. And one is, I, I think you basically, the point about the primary in the Hartford for the mayoral race is that the total votes basically was the same amount of votes that Bronin received when yeah. he did it. Yes, and eight so pe- years ago. People just didn't show – they're not showing up. And and there is a sense of apathy. And I will tell you, it, and when there's such apathy, then you can have things that would happen in, like in, in Bridgeport or things that happen in Danbury. Because if – and if we're lucky that people, people notice because if they didn't, it would have just gone unchecked. Oh, you need first of all, we you you need a um, a vibrant press in order to tell people what's going on. We don't have that in the, at the same degree that we used to. No, and um, I don't think the low turnout in the Democratic primary 
was a result of so many people are satisfied. I, I think that they're just completely disengaged. And they also may have just lost faith in the idea that, that, that whoever is mayor can change the quality of life in Hartford. So is this is this like a new low or is this something you've seen in right. your lifetime or is this just a steady it was, trend? Or? It was really low. I mean, that turnout was shockingly low. When you consider the candidates spent almost a million dollars, certainly two of them, Eric Coleman and John Fonfair, are very well-known figures among Hartford Democrats. And yet you know, each one got about 1,500 votes out of 38,000 Hartford Democrats, and the, the, the people just were not motivated at all. I, it really, it did baffle me. We're sitting here talking about it. I'm trying to explain You think it, it's I, a one-off? I mean, is this something we need to – I guess my point is, like, how does this compare to – I mean, politics, we've, there, there are people have been you know, cynical about politics forever, sure. but, I mean, how does this compare to, to other moments in time? Oh, I think, we used, I think we used to have higher turnouts. I think we used to have higher turnouts in primaries. You know, let's – this reality – the Hartford Democratic primary for mayor, it decides who's going to be the next mayor. Right. And, and there were so, three, at least three bona fide candidates. Oh, in the primary, oh, you know, three serious legitimate candidates. And as I just said, two of them really well known with, with 40 years of experience in and around Hartford. It was just um, uh, inexplicable in, in some ways to me that that because um, you, you drive around Hartford, you see lots of lawn signs. Certainly people knew there was a primary. Uh, and yet it did not move them to vote. But do you I guess my question is, do you think that there's a broader apathy that's a problem like in this country? Oh, it, oh um, you know, we, we've we've never had a country in which everyone votes. So. Uh, it is a it, it is a little unsettling that uh, fewer people are voting, but I you know I think there's a lot less civic engagement. There's there's v- virtually no civic education in our schools. People aren't reading Anything. newspapers like or, or they're not reading. They're watching TikTok and this it's a new world and and uh, we have not adjusted for it in how to keep people how to get people engaged in. Really, the quite mundane aspects of zoning in your neighborhood, and what does that mean? Well, it, it kind of affects your day to day life. Well, how do how do you change the narrative? How will it, how would it change? I I don't have a good answer to that. Although I would, st- I, I I think I would probably start in schools with more just basic civic. Remember, we used to have civics. Yeah, civic? sure. So that so that students, so the children, understand. The system they live in, and that they're very and then in public school, that's in. just not like I, three branches of government, this and that, yeah. yada yada yada. Yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a consistent theme. You know, when I when I think about it, it you know, and, and and you're right, like people just don't. If you don't have an engaged parent in talking about these things when they come up, and it's not being taught in school, I mean, you think about Arun or Arlampalam. If we could just quickly put a ribbon on Hartford. He had two other candidates, two well-known candidates, and if if one of them wasn't there, and the one who was there could have galvanized the vote, I mean, Arunin had a lot of support from some big names, but he really got lucky. Oh yes, in a fractured field, and also the two Eric Coleman had been out of it for a while, and John Fonfair. I don't understand his campaign. If he if he forty years he's been in the legislature representing people in the in in the south end of Hartford. 
he has to have done thousands of constituent casework. Uh, so what, why didn't he for, go out there and get? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I had a good two good conversations with him, but it it seemed both him and Coleman were sort of just low energy. Yeah, you know, and I'm not sure if they just assumed people would support them or not. Uh, we'll put a rip, uh, put a little pin on this. We'll come back. We'll talk about a little about uh, the Israeli Palestinian situation and some other things here with Kevin Rennie, of course, Daily Ructions, Hartford Current, and of course his Substack profiles, which you go to kevinrennie.substack. Com. We're here with Kevin Rennie, of course, Daily Ructions, Hartford Current, and uh, you can read his profiles of the people of Connecticut, uh, kevinrennie.substack.com. I, you know, what, what is, we just talked with uh, J- Jeremy Pressman, who runs the um, Middle East Studies Department at UConn, and my last question was sort of about the, you know, what's going on on campuses. I don't know, I, I know you have thoughts. I mean, it's very touchy because in the I'm not going to solve any problems and I'm not going to summarize them perfectly for anybody but you know you have people in the Palestinians who are in these very small slices of land they believe they should have sovereignty and autonomy and you have Israel which they built a powerful economic and full nation out of nothing and after a millennia of persecution and they both feel like they have claims here but it's fascinating to me that the political progressive movement in, on campuses, when I was growing up, was like vehemently pro-Israel, and now it seems to be the opposite. It's just kind of strange how that that the whole rhetoric has done a one eighty. Well, let me just start by saying I am a Zionist. I believe. Are you Jewish? No. No. Okay. And you don't have to be to be a Zionist. No, I'm Jewish and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just was asking. Yeah, um, and I, uh, uh, I did not think I would live through a world that became where anti-Semitism was now uh, did not have it does not have the stigma that it should, and I think that when we say that that the situation in Israel is complicated, it. It is it is fraught, but I I don't know that it is that complicated. You know that the that the Israel has been attacked over and over, and it was um, uh, it left Gaza. It it took all the settlements out. It, they dug up cemeteries, moved bodies. They left businesses. Almost twenty years ago, and and. What happened in Gaza was the they voted the the people who lived there voted for Hamas and then Hamas killed its political opponents, threw them off the tops of buildings and um, and they're a terrorist organization. The terrorist organization is the government in Gaza. So and you, that, you, you imagine living like that. Right. And you know people also need to understand, and I think it's been well 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 documented how. They embed in, you know, soft targets all over the place, right? So yes, hospitals in particular, as we're seeing. Yeah, yes. and we, so if Israel, but again, at the same, and it, so if Israel does what it wants to do, there's going to be suffering, human suffering of innocent people in yes. Gaza, and wars, so wars bring terrible suffering. And so, and I feel like to some degree that Israel is doing like a 20th century version of war and ret- ret- revenge. Like, I don't think they've modified to the way the world kind of is. You know, they just amass a bunch of people and they throw and they're, you know, now the modern warfare is you throw artillery at stuff because you don't want your own people to die. And it doesn't really, 
work? Well, you know, the, the, certainly the Germans dropped a lot of bombs on England, European cities. Yep. And, uh, you know, this is this is what a war – this is what it is. This is – one side was attacked and the brutality is, is at times beyond description. Now, you can – everyone can say there's, you know, tragedy and innocent lives lost on both sides. Where do you – I mean, you know, as someone who's Jewish but not particularly religious, and I, I consider myself pro-Israel in the sense that I do believe it has a right to exist. What, what is it about people who just blindly – I feel like it's just passed on from parent to child or something like that. Like, I don't understand where blind hatred can continue to flow generation to generation. Yeah, I, you know, after the, after the Holocaust, there was a period of, uh, of, of tremendous sympathy and support for Jews. But that's run its course. And it, we're back to, we're back to uh, a virulent anti-Semitism. And in places where we are shocked to see it, but it's there. And American college campuses, you know, on Cornell, Jewish students were told, don't go to the Hillel house to, for meals. Don't go. It's not safe. I mean, it's just, that's, this is 2023. That's at Cornell University. What we is see it? what's going on at Columbia University yeah. with, with, with the faculty signing these outrageous. They wanted to contextualize the murderous attacks, that was barbarism on October 7th. They want to contextualize it. I, it, is, it is appalling. What do you think is going to happen? I think that Israel is, uh, is going to continue to fight. And at some later point, there may be some diplomacy, but I don't, there, there won't be now. They have, to, they, they have to eradicate it. They have to eradicate Hamas in order to be a nation that can function within among its own, their own people they must eradicate hamas i find it you know i i can't comment on all the videos i see like i don't even know what's fake and what's real i mean that's the thing about modern media that's so difficult like i saw a line of like shrouded bodies but there was a a guy who was alive intimating it was staged he was scratching himself and laughing underneath the sheet and that video went viral but i don't even know if that's real like i don't know and I'm someone who I think I have a discerning eye. Like, I, I, I think about my kids scrolling through TikTok or whatever. It's really, really difficult to know what's actually happening. Well, look at when, when, they, when uh, Islamic Jihad bombed the hospital in, uh, in Gaza City. Within, what, half an hour, the, 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 the Hamas was saying, oh, 500 people were killed. Well— you, you just it's not possible to know that and american media other media uh are- hey mel bry here gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty Daddy. hey mikey if you're gonna puke find the popcorn bowl but my availability is 110 percent coincidentally so is my fever <laughs> kidding mel i'm so cold but hot uh, but i'm gonna get you that budget just as soon as right Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Well, the, the New York world. Times they they ran up, with it. They picked up this story that was, I mean, it just it didn't make but sense. But on the flip side, you don't know if the, what the Israel and the U.S. said is true either. Maybe there was a couple leaders embedded in the hospital and they did it. We don't know. You don't know well, when, when the U.S. says we, we've seen credible evidence that this is the yeah. case. It could be like wag the dog. Like, we have no idea. I, I, if it comes to a choice between believing the murderous terrorists of Hamas and the United States government, I will believe the United States government. I don't disagree with it's that. Not even, but there are some I people have, who say. Well, there are some people, and they're wrong. They're wrong. We're here with Kevin Rennie, the current Daily Ructions, and of course, you can see his profiles on Substack. Listen, you know, Morning Cutsall came out today. Every I don't know if they do a quarterly or a semi-annual. I don't know, but they come out with their approval ratings for governors, and you know, Lamont's been always really high, not so, Charlie Baker high, but high since the pandemic. Yes, correct. His first year was a catastrophe. And and since then, and you know, it gave him a chance to be out front of people every day. I'm not saying strangely, but people viewed his performance as as, as positive. Yes. Uh, he and was, he was a steady presence in an uncertain time. And he's sort of gotten his sea legs since then. He's it gave him a lot of confidence, I believe. Anyway, he Phil Scott's the most popular governor in America. Uh, in Vermont, with 83% approval, only 14 on the negative side. Chris Sununu, New Hampshire, uh, is uh, 67% in third. And right around 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 8th is Ned Lamont, Democrat from Connecticut, with 61% approval, with just 31% against. And my first question is, I mean, you've been around a long time, and you go back, obviously, to when he challenged Lieberman. And he's oh, yeah. been he was Epic. he's been knocking on the door here, he knocked on the door for over a decade, and finally got through. Um, what do you think of him as governor? And then I want to ask you something about the future. You think it's justified to have to be that popular? Well, it's, I mean, sure, people are entitled to to assess and draw their own conclusions. Well, you, you running I, for office I too? Think, no, 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 no. I'm never, 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 never. But. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I understand. I understand why uh, on issues that the the most prominent issues that uh, that are in Connecticut public life, I think people are satisfied with him. And you know, he he did cut taxes. We haven't had a, a tax cut in Connecticut in a very long time. Oh, it is. We're we are not as the Malloy administration that preceded him said in a in a permanent fiscal crisis. And he thanks m- mainly. To two things: the federal government right. and the new rules at the state house. Yes, the the, the 2017 uh, budget was absolutely critical, but it it made changes. He is benefiting from them. He has kept the spending cap in place. 
he has been a he has been a fairly prudent manager of the state's finances. Yeah, and it's funny because I make the joke: if you take the names and the parties off, and you put everything Charlie Baker stands for, yeah, next to everything that Ned Lamont, it, you can't tell the two apart. Oh, ma- in many one's ways, a Republican and one's a Democrat. In many ways, Ned Lamont is a is a Rockefeller Republican. It's yeah. just there aren't any more there aren't any Rockefeller yeah. Republicans yeah. anymore, or Blue Dog Democrat, or you could say you know a couple of different ways to yes. slice it. But sure, sure, and and so this leads me to I don't know what the the are there term limits for governor. No, okay. So my assumption was always he would not run, and then and I already know of two people that at least two people I know want to run. And now I'm not so sure he's not going to run. And I'm curious of what you think. Do you think he'd go for a third term? I do. I do. I mean, how many, not many governors walk away from a 61% approval rating. Charlie Baker walked away. But, well, he did, yeah. but Charlie Baker might not have been renominated. Oh, because of the Trump thing? Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, he, I mean, he might have just been sick of dealing with lunatic Republicans in Massachusetts. But so you he, think he will run? For a third term, um, as of today, I do. Hmm. Yes, I do. I think he enjoys it. He he is in control of of the job. In other words, there aren't many new things coming up that are that surprise him or that he doesn't know how to deal with. And what else is he going to do at his time of life? He I think he he really likes it, and it is not. You know, it certainly requires his time, but he's not. Uh, uh, he's not shackled to the to the job. He gets to live his life. He you know he has these resources, a fortune beyond what most of us can even imagine, and um, so that makes the job a little easier too. Yeah, I think those are all great points. It's like you're in your seventies. Yeah, well, he's 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 not yet in his seventies. Oh, he's in his late sixties still. Yes, you're, so he's relatively young, and in. What else are you going to do? I mean, I mean, I'm not the guy who wants to play golf every day anyway, and right. you know, and he and he's comfortable and confident. So I, I've actually come a little bit around to that as well, which would be to the disappointment of several. Oh, many, many. They're all stuck in the bottleneck, and it's not a comfortable place to be with that much ambition. But I mean, I, you know, I also think that um, what people underestimate is how much Ned Lamont really, really likes politics particularly democratic politics. You know, I had to fight for a year and a half at least to get to get emails that under the Freedom of Information Act. And I could see they really like politics. What do you mean by that? Well, I had I, I fought under our state. They like the rhetoric and the battle? They like they- you know, they they he he was the first governor not from Delaware to endorse Joe Biden. And they really appreciate the, the the Biden people really appreciated it. He's Mrs. got good standing. Mrs. Nationally. Lamont chimed yeah. in, and I just thought, gee, they really do. They really like they they really like politics. You know, you don't. He he ran in two thousand six in a in a historic race, ended up losing in the end, but changed a lot of things. Ran again in, in uh, four years later for governor and got hammered in the primary, and then came back eight years later, won. When when it was not easy to run as a Democrat at the end of the Malloy administration, four years later, won by a lot more, and he's popular. It's kind of amazing that he needed to take all that time. What did he do in the interim? Like, did he just hang out? Well, he had that college cable business, and uh, but then he, I, I don't, I sold it or closed it. Um, 
And um, I think he did some good works. So you, but, you'd say like 80-20 he runs again? Are you that confident? Mm, I'm I'm more of a 60-40. Now, many other, many Democrats, would they, they don't think he is going to run again. I think that's more the wish giving birth to the thought for them. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, we're, we're having Sean Scanlon in tomorrow. I think he'd love to run. A lot of people talk about Bronin. Ask Sean if he knows where his office is. Why? Because he's, he's always he, he is always out at 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 uh, round tables. Oh, he's out so. there, and he does stuff I didn't know was under the controller's <laughs> purview. Uh, but he's working hard. I mean, I I, I grant him that. And, and the thing about well, About he's certainly busy. Being governor of Connecticut is you're one of only 50. And it is yes. true. It's not like being governor of New York or California. It's a little bit it's a little bit smoother than a lot of states. So you can be in this really yeah. elite company where you you're, you know, a phone call from the White House, but you don't have to deal with the same kind of fires at other places. I think there's nothing like being governor of New York. But in a good way, I think that. I just think the capital so far from the heart of the state. So that to me was the heart. The part I wouldn't like if you we got to go take a break. But I think that the Albany is the worst part about it. Like you got to go to Albany. No offense to upstaters, but like you don't want to be in Albany. You want to be in Manhattan. Yeah. And so, but you have an office there too. I would. You still got to go to Albany. You do. Yes, you do. You do. <laughs> but, but I I see your point. Let's go to Mark. You know what they would say? They'd say, "Oh, Governor of Connecticut has to go to Hartford." Oh come on! That's what they would say. It's only like an hour from Greenwich anyway. I, I, listen, we don't have a lot of time left with Kevin Rennie from Daily Ructions in the Hartford Current. You're giving the news too much time on this program. I mean, that's, I mean, <laughs> it, you know, we talk about Lamont. Every time Lamont comes in, I, I try to not have traffic because he's like, it's Connecticut. You needed to do traffic. It's the same as it was 10 minutes ago and the same as it was 10 minutes before that. He always makes fun of it. But listen, it's going to be a little chilly for trick-or-treaters, so... Uh, it's going to be in the twenties for some, so bundle up the kids. Uh, you know, Kevin, we were we were talking about, and I think people should look at. I almost feel like it's a matter of public record. You know, the the, the profiles on on Substack. Now you know, uh, they're just really cool. And I got to find this. Yeah, so it's Kevin Rennie. dot Substack. dot com. And if and, you just uh, if you just Google Kevin Rennie, now you know. It It'll come out. right up because that's the name of it. Did you have to work on that, or they just that's how it happened? Oh no, that's how. That's like, how do you it have happens. to like work with SEO or some other crap? No, to- no. Substack is a platform that really it, it's all there. It's all there for writing, and you don't get any income. Well, I have I have attracted some gener- some subscribers, some patrons, but, patrons. Yes, but it's free. It's it is free. So I and I, I have not limited the the content, the so, access, which I yeah. think is a good thing. I mean, you know, you, you and I were talking off microphone about, you know, because I've done plenty of profiles in my time. And there's a real difference between a phone conversation or a coffee where you're asking questions and getting answers in real time, as opposed to here where you give them the questions and they write you the responses and you're getting a much richer. I think it's positive and negative. It's positive in the sense that you get much more thoughtful and, as you said, poignant responses. But it's also they can also craft the image they want to present. They can, but you know, the questions are all about their cultural life. So it's about books and movies and television and music. And it's really what they, it's really what a guest uh, reads, watches, and listens to. And then there are a few, there are some other things, but it really is, it's it's not political. It's not, you know, there, there's there's no, there, there's, it's not tense. There's no combativeness. It's, it's a, it's a look at, at someone's cultural life. And uh, and and I've really been 
so pleased at, at the responses. The, I mean, the, the, everyone who's done it has told me after they do it that they've really enjoyed the experience. I'm sure they want to keep it almost like as like a like a set of journal entries too of yeah. themselves. Yeah, and 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 Substack Substack allows me to design it in a way that is it has a it has a really good look. So my question here before we I want to get to some local politics before we say goodbye. The um when it comes to all of these profiles you've done and not everyone are people I've known, right? right. So what has been the mic like name a person with an uh, an anecdote or a piece of like lifestyle or personal history that surprised you? Well, uh, uh, Jim Himes, congressman from the fourth district, was very funny, and uh, he's a, he he can hang in about every circle. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, no, I, it was it was it was. And by the way, I have been delighted with each each one. And Eric Russell, the state treasurer, was the first guest, and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, I just thought I think this is a good idea. And his his was his was 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 great. A wonderful way to start. Uh, the Chief Justice, Chief Justice Robinson of the State Supreme Court, was uh, two weeks ago, and his was really poignant about um, uh, about what it means to get older. He's in his he's in getting he's in his late sixties, mid to late sixties. Let's say mid sixties. Uh, um, what, uh, what did he say? What did and, he say? But about he it? you know he wrote about you know the things he understands. It's you know, running out of time to do the things that you want to do. And then he also wrote about um, his ancestor who was on the first uh, slave ship that he's been able to trace uh, to uh, South Carolina. And um, there's a there's a really interesting story behind that, which I won't. You'll have to go. You got to read readers, it. Readers can read it and they can click on the links, which I put to make the stories fuller. Uh, but these were things. You know, when I when I get the when I get the document back, I I don't know. I've learned. To have no expectations other than it's going to be interesting. Then do you take them as is or do you edit them down? I take them as is. I will do, you know, a little like extra space if they're extra space. But I know I do not change the content mm. whatsoever. Anyway, if you want to check it out, you can Google Now You Know or you just go to kevinrenny.substack.com. Uh, we're here with Kevin Rennie, Daily Ructions in the Hartford Current as well. I want to talk about Danbury. I really didn't know anything about it. And then I talked to Chris Maddy uh the attorney who yes, he's who, representing he on a pro bono he, and he said like I thought this was going to be you know a, a short little stint and all of a sudden he's got a, a hornet's nest and you know people if you don't know the story basically the independent party has been a rubber stamp for the republican candidates forever in Danbury in Danbury and the democrats decided to show up at their convention they got a majority and they went ahead. They were, and the Republicans freaked out. Adjourned the meeting. Democrats went ahead and nominated their own slate of candidates. And then a week later, the Republicans did the same thing. And the town clerk's a Republican. The town clerk ignored the Democrat right. Um, right. slate of candidates. And then the Democrats sued. The Democrats won in the sense that now that independent party line will be empty. But their first order of business was to get the, actually their slate on that line, but they won't get it. So I just, you can give me your general thoughts, but why, what's the deal with this like second and third lines and on ballots? Uh, candidates like to block others. They think that they also with, with uh, a, a second line of their own, that they may attract people who won't vote for a Democrat. If that's, a, if there's, there's a way for Someone to vote, and for they'll say, "Well, I, even though I see him on the Democrat, but I see him on the yes, other line." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's part of it. They, and they also want to block the other side. Does it work? I think. Does it work? Well, I 
you know, my feeling is that in these uh, cross endorsements in uh, in local elections, I don't think they're very valuable because the turnout is so low that, for instance, in Danbury for mayor, anyone's going to the polls, they know who they're going to vote for. They're not going to vote for someone because they're on the independent line as well as being on the Democratic line or the Republican line. So I think it does it does burn up a lot of energy. And in this case, it delayed the uh, uh, availability of absentee ballots, and that could hurt the Democrats. And the, oh, you think it will hurt them? Well, because if they have less time, they the Democrats are better. Ballots. Your yeah. Republicans have not been great at, at absentee ballots. We have like almost no time. What do you think is going to happen in Bridgeport? With uh, Ganim and Gomes. I think the judge is going to decide for John Gomes. And, and then I'm not sure what's going to happen after that. So you think we're going to have an election, then a primary, and then another election? I think we could. I think we could. It's, it's, it's not clear what the judge's authority is, but he is being quite prudent with the exercise of it. Kevin, it's been great to catch up. Uh, we should do this more often. Um, it's just a lot of really big and small issues, and we appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.